Hello and welcome to the first episode of a new podcast from The Legal 500. My name is David Burgess and I'm the Publishing Director for The Legal 500 and the host of this podcast. This episode is a little different from what we normally expect to happen with our podcast, as this time you're going to be hearing an extract from a webinar that I took part in recently. It goes without saying that the COVID-19 crisis has affected the way that we work and the way we live to an extent that none of us have seen in our lifetime. Recently, I co-hosted a webinar by the International Bar Association titled Personal Tales from the Wild Side, The Lawyer's Survival Guide to COVID-19, with reflections from legal practitioners and industry specialists from across the globe. For 75 minutes, lawyers from the US, China, Brazil, Canada, UK, Spain, Italy, Russia and Lithuania discussed the impact that COVID-19 was having with a few predictions for the future. In my segment of the webinar, I spoke to two experts from both sides of the coin, namely in-house and law firm. First up was Marilou Caparelli, one of the managing directors of Google's Europe, Middle East and Africa legal department based in Italy at the very heart of the crisis in Europe. Following that was Chris Hines, Hogan Lovell's Global Director of Communications, who has 30 years experience in marketing and communications, including crisis and reputation management and brand issues for law firms. Here's what we had to say. So I'd like to welcome Marilou Caparelli to the webinar. Marilou is one of the managing directors for legal for EMEA. Um, and obviously we'd also like to thank her very much for breaking corporate policy uh, coming on Zoom. Uh, Google Hangouts is also available. Um, I thought we might, might want to mention that. Um, so obviously Marilou is based in Italy. Marilou, can you tell us what the situation is there? Um, obviously we see a lot of bad news reports. Um, we know that there's a second wave, um, uh, well not second wave, but there's a second um, scenario coming where it might restrictions might loosen up. Can you tell us a little bit about how things are going in Italy at the moment? Yes, hi everyone. Um, thank you for your question. Uh, well, now more than 20,000 people have, uh, have died so far. And uh, as you know, Italy is the third highest number of COVID-19 cases in the world after Spain and, and the US. The number of people that have been officially identified as infected has fallen for the first time since the country's outbreak began. Um, and on March um, 9, Italy became the first democratic country since the Second World War to impose a nationwide lockdown, extending uh, measures that had already been put in place in the north of Italy a day earlier. So Italy's nationwide quarantine has since become a precedent for other countries in Europe, uh, including Spain and France. The ban, which has uh, uh, only left uh, grocery shops, um, banks, pharmacies open, is expected to remain in place until May 3rd, although it can be extended. And uh, but in any case, in my opinion, the measures uh, will be loosened a little bit. Medical experts said that Italy is still the at the first stage of the emergency and cannot be moved into the next stage of um, you know easing restrictions. But you know we'll 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 hope that this happens. As as far as my company is concerned, uh, Google, uh, we moved to work from home since the lockdown, and then you know all the other countries followed. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, one thing that we've been hearing a lot about so far in the webinar is the client. No pressure on you, you are the client. Uh, so you have to speak for every single general counsel out there. So good luck. Um, <laughs> So I think the, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, is obviously a lot of people on the, uh, I can see some of the questions coming in, a lot of people are asking about engagement from law firms to you as a client. Um, what do you want to see from your law firms and what don't you want to see? Well, um, so I want to be explicit uh, on the fact that, you know, this uh, COVID-19 is not a marketing opportunity for anyone, okay? So this does not mean... Uh, in my opinion, that you know, businesses and law firms in this particular case should not be reactive or proactive at the same time. In my opinion, they should make themselves uh, useful and focus on the needs of their customers and stakeholders in general at this particular time. As uh, Mr. Bernardes Neto said uh, earlier, this is the right you know, time uh, that lawyers stay in touch with, with their clients. So I really, at this time, I really appreciate a lot you know, when I get newsletters and, you know, um, specific emails on uh, COVID-19 um, relating to new legislation coming from, uh, from, from lawyers and law firms. I find it particularly helpful when a law firm provides a detailed review on each aspect of the law that could be impacted by emergency, like, you know, banks, bankruptcy, tax, corporate state aids, and so on and so forth. And um, in particular, um, um, in, in the field of litigation, for instance, I find so I find I'm finding so useful how to promptly uh, um, law firms can explain to clients the swirl of legislative decrees and you know old circulars, new suspensions of um, terms uh, at courts. Um, I think and you know I find all this very very interesting. Um, I think it's you know this is a huge opportunity for law firms in also in the startup. Uh, business in the startup and innovation sector, uh, which, you know, on the one hand, you can enjoy an opportunity phase for, you know, physical disintermediation um, and the greater demand for high tech solutions. But on the other is, you know, is, uh, uh, you know, the other is like the, the crisis and uh, the, that is uh, um, uh, caused by the current uh, pandemic. So I think that, you know, law firms can really uh, help uh, their clients a lot on different um, aspects. Okay. And do you think um, this is obviously a great, we've seen very different ways of working and some of the questions that are coming in are about the ways that we all now have to work. Do you have hope that um, law firms will change their working, working practices and focus more on the client as a result of this? Or do you worry as soon as it's lifted, they go back to the, the traditional way of working? No, I think that this applies not only to, to law firms, that this applies to the whole world of businesses. I think that you know, this, uh, this emergency will change us a lot. Um, and I think that you know, uh, I expect as a client from law firms, uh, a boost in the adoption of technology. And, uh, you know, I expect that law firms seriously consider their digital transformation, which is, in my opinion, key in this moment and will be key in the next years anyway. You know, let's think about, you know, artificial intelligence and all that stuff. I mean, so, but it's not so important that to let people know that, you know, you're good at connecting on Hangout, Skype, Teams, Zoom. I think that it, 
it's rather important to let people know which problems you can solve with the technology. Um, and one tip that I have for law firms um, in, at this time, but you know, also in the future after the emergency um, uh, stops, um, is to try and make surveys and questionnaires that ask uh, their clients to express themselves on their main uh, perceived needs, uh, always in terms, of course, of legal needs. Um, so, and this uh, has to be done, in my opinion, before and after the emergency, and maintain the dialogue with their clients on these matters, open and uh, constant. Sure. Um, our time is almost up. We've got one last question, which is a question that I had kind of prepared, but it's also coming in from the uh, from the chat room as well. Um, and that's resulting around fees. Um, mm -hmm. Are you finding that firms are offering to do things for free for you or are they still charging or are they charging a discount? What, where, where are we at? So I think that in this moment we have to focus on how to work efficiently together. This is the most important thing. And then, you know, law firms like businesses are facing themselves a tough time, but we need to, uh, to watch how the situation evolves and start, and, you know, of course, we have to start to think more strategically on how to adapt to the crisis also in terms of fees. But, you know, the reduction of fees, the immediate reduction of fees is not my priority at the moment. <laughs> Well, that's a very positive note for, to end up for every single law firm out there. Um, thank you, Marilyn. I'm sure that we'll, um, we'll speak again soon and hopefully we can get you onto another IBA webinar because I think everyone would love to hear more from you. So thank you very much. Sure. Thank you. Thank I'm now going to move on to Chris. Um, Chris Hines is the Global Director of Communications for Hogan Lovells. Um, Chris is someone I've known for a very long time, obviously, in the course of my job. We've sparred many times, but ultimately, we, Chris tends to agree with me, um, something like that. Um, obviously, Chris, as director of, of comms at Hogan Lovells, um, we spoke a few weeks ago um, when you were talking about how you normally have a few people, you know, a couple hundred people working from home to an entire firm. Can you tell us just very briefly a little bit about the process of, of moving an entire firm remotely, especially globally, um, and and you know any of the any of the stories that that come from that? Yeah, sure. No, um, thank you, David. Appreciate that very much. Um, so we've run about forty five offices in thirty countries around the world. Um, so we were affected very early on when you started to see some of the uh, travel restrictions and the working restrictions. Um, first of all, in China, and then as they spread into uh, south other parts of Southeast Asia. And then the widening out of that then as it uh, moved across into Europe and ultimately into the Americas. So we've been going through this step by step by step. And as we've been going along, we've tended to pick up the lessons from each jurisdiction as we move across um, the planet. The other thing we've been able to do, which um, hopefully a number of firms already got, is you know most people have their crisis or their disaster management plans. Um, which sort of set out what we do in certain contingencies. Some of the experience we've had, say for example, in um, Japan when we had the earthquake there a couple of years ago, uh, when we've had the hurricanes and floodings uh, in the United States, all of that has actually been helpful in then shaping the overall response uh, that we've been taking. Um, to give people a bit of an indication in terms of some of the work that we've been doing, we've gone from a position where we had maybe 500 people which is about less than 10% of the firm 
uh, remote working at any one point in time to more than 5,000 people uh, remote working on a 24-hour basis um, around the world. And we did that transition from one to the other state in probably 10 days, um, which is a massive shift for a business to go from one particular philosophy and working environment to something else. And what that has required is a couple of things. It's first of all required to be very much you know, at that technical level doing things like buying additional licenses for Citrix and F5. You start to get into the weeds in terms of, okay, what do we actually have in order to support that? Um, we've been in the land of, uh, we have backup stores of laptops, which we've exhausted and have to go out and buy more laptops. We had to reconfigure some of our servers to cope with demand. So it's really so that that backend plumbing and infrastructure side of things, having to sort of put in a lot of resource there. Then you get to the people side of this. And our approach as a firm generally has been always to be very open, very transparent, very candid with our people about what's going on and what's happening. And that related right from the very beginning when we started talking about travel restrictions all the way through to then doing the work around um, office closures and what does a shelter in place order in the US mean? Uh, even ridiculous levels of who's going to go in and collect the mail? Uh, and what do you do with that? How do you then distribute that back out across the business? So we've been very focused on all of those areas. Um, and there are a couple of observations that came through. So I was interested to see at the beginning of March or early March, a piece of research from Edelman, and this will be, I think, relevant for, I think, hopefully everyone on this call, which is that after the health authorities, employers are the most trusted organization to respond effectively. And that's ahead of governments, that's ahead of the media, that's ahead of politicians, it's ahead of the NGOs. And that was a piece of research that they did in 10,000 respondents in Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, South Africa, South Korea, the UK, and the US. So it was a pretty comprehensive piece of um, uh, feedback from employers, from employees, sorry. And in that, employers and the CEO are the most believed ahead of government, traditional media, and social media, but lagging behind, as you'd expect, the health professionals. So everybody in this, on this call who is part of running and managing a law firm, your people are looking to you to give you accurate, relevant, useful information about what you and your business are doing. And that puts us in the position where trust you know, is a very, very high value um, item in all of this. And if you've been trusted by your employees all the way through on other matters, then they will trust you on this. But this is not an environment in which you see now to start, you know, sort of stocking the trust bank. The bank needs to be filled full before you um, uh, began this process. So if I look at some of the other stuff that we've been doing, for example, uh, just sort of support on the more people side of it rather than the technology side, um, we've built out guides on remote working, on technology support, on, on working from home with children. We've stepped up the well-being resources. We've increased counselling support from most of our offices uh, to get that online or over the telephone. We've uh, rolled out apps, for example, to our people to promote and support social well-being. There are a couple of people we've partnered with in that front. Um, We've also had to build from scratch an entire dedicated intranet that pulls all of this material together. We're now on version two of that and we are only four weeks in um, to building out all the materials. Um, 
David, when we spoke, if we're good for time, I can just give you yeah. a quick shopping list of stuff of the things that we've put in place because it may be relevant and useful for others. Oh, hang on, Paul's got something to say. No, Chris, just shout it through because we, we, we are going to have to roll on. Sure. But just give us five very quickly. Five very quick things. Um, we've put in uh, things like private Instagram and Facebook pages so people who are working from home can share their stories from around the world and talk to each other without cluttering up your own technology platforms. Um, we've put in place things like uh, regular and candid briefings uh, to partners by the CEO, which then gets converted into things that we share with our people. So we're being very transparent across all layers of the business. Um, we've even used pulse surveys. So three weeks in, we went out and surveyed the attitudes of our people in terms of what they were feeling about the crisis and the support that they were getting across a whole range of different issues. So we could flush out very fast where there were things that we could support and where there were things that they needed additional help. To Darcy's point around um, you know, the LGBTQ community, we've been very sensitive to some of the issues that they might face in a working from home environment and also being isolated from their day-to-day -day friends and the people that they normally socialize and network with. And how do we sort of just make sure that we put the extra emphasis uh, in place around supporting people in that position? Apologies if the sound wasn't studio quality there. In the current circumstances, we're all recording from home on whatever devices we have to hand. The full IBA webinar is available to watch on, on its website. No registration is required. Simply go to ibanet.org or alternatively head to legal500.com forward slash podcast and you will see the link there to follow. In the next Legal 500 podcast, I'll be talking to some of our editors to get an update on our current research, including the UK, United States, Europe, Middle East and Africa and Latin America. Until then, stay safe and keep well.